in the three of our kind of books, there is a sort of a, a running theme of history, whether it is actual like history, like you're talking about, like the history of the West or um, Laura, what you're talking about, how history can reverberate through generations and family history. And for the memoir that I read, which is called Aftershocks, literally kind of making this comparison between the aftershocks of an earthquake, which for the writer in for Ousu, the aftershocks are coming from this pretty, for her, a, a deep revelation, a secret from her family that she wasn't aware of. And so that what's kind of left in the rubble, I suppose, of this earthquake level revelation for her and her family. And I thought, I think that's interesting that, that all three of our summer reading brought us through, I, I would say, histories. Hi, everyone. Hi, Sylvia. Hi, Kofi. And hi, everyone. Hey. Welcome back to another season, season of Bookish, a casual book club. I'm Laura, and I'm here with my friends, Sylvia and Kofi. Did you guys have a good summer? <laughs> I, 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 I accomplished too. two out of the three books that I plan to have read. Well, right, that's I what we're here to discuss now, today. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go for so, Yeah, Kofi, you go. You go. Tell us how your reading plan went over the summer. Well, it was, it was touch and go there. I started with this book. How to Survive in a Science Fiction Universe by Charles Yu. And then I had Tom Lin's A Thousand Crimes of Ming Su. I read Charles Yu's book and then I listened to Tom Lin's book, which was a fascinating way of reading and thinking and listening all at the same time. And I, I found that the reader, and I can't remember his name, you know, his affectation of a Westerner was really good and in, engaging. And I, I actually found myself enjoying listening to his reading of the book, as opposed to my reading of Charles Yu's book, um, when it was just the voice that I was fictitiously creating in my head. And there was the one that was created by this reader about this uh, outlaw, I guess traveling to find his his woman as most outlaws are wont to do and so it was very interesting it was a bit of magical realism in there and i think that it's it's a wonderful book to read as well as listen to because at certain points i did read along probably by part two i was reading along with the voice so i felt kind of like a like a school child listening to the teacher read as i followed along with my eyes and but the the Charles Yu book was really really good. The other book that I wanted to read was A Dream Deferred, and it was something about the cosmic something or another. Um, I know it has to do with quantum mechanics. It's written by this woman whose name escapes me, and I'll have it probably by the time you guys start talking. But you know, I didn't get a chance to read hers, and I and I think I started off by saying I'm gonna read hers first, and I did not. I, I read fiction. <laughs> So hers did not get read. So yeah, two out of three is not bad. It's better than my last. That's mail, great. When it was pretty much all. That's bad. great. <laughs> yeah, I had a great summer. Um, did some traveling, and yeah, so I had a few. I'll call them goals. Summer reading goals, and you know, for our listeners who've been listening to us for more than one season, you'll know that every summer we kind of end the season with our summer reading goals outlined and then like a summer reading challenge. And then we'll begin our season 
to kind of check in to see how we did in the last two years we've it's a been a, been a pretty hard fail let's be honest uh, we have not done well but that's okay because we're normalizing what it's like to not finish a book so i mean that's it's okay the world will go on spinning but not for long so for me i had a big book that i wanted to try and finish and that was Fanon's the love song of web boys and i had all of these grand plans to listen to the book. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be stuck on like a 14 hour long haul flight. I can finish this book. Sure. Why not? That did not exactly happen the way I, <laughs> um, I remember how much I was flying and uh, flying with two small children and, you know, the need to sleep, I guess, um, prevailed. So I did not actually make it through that one, but I did make it through my other book, which is actually also our Bowder Lecture book for this year. Don't mind the little piggy bookmark. And it's Aftershocks by Nadia Owusu who will be visiting the HCC campus um, at the end of September, I believe, September 21st, to talk about her memoir. And it was a really interesting book. It was very poetic. It's not structured like your usual prose memoirs are. So um, it was a really interesting and a really thought-provoking book. She experiments a lot with form and the form that you use to tell your story with, in addition to the language, which is very poetic in nature. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I didn't completely fail, but, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I did some reading and then I had some other random books that weren't even on my summer list and like, you know, how about you, Laura? Well, I am so, so excited to report that I did finish <laughs> the big book. <laughs> So I, like Sylvia, I had committed to read the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois, and it is 800 pages long. And, you know, I studied 18th century British novels in graduate school, so I know some long novels, but this, and it's been a long time, though, since I read such a big book, but... I did finish it and this sense of like accomplishment is like amazing. So now I'm emboldened and someone, actually several people have told me about the, I think it's called The Covenant of Water by Abraham Verghese. And a couple of people have said that it's like the best book they have ever read. And it is also Ooh. like seven, 800 pages long. So now I, you know, I know I can do it. <laughs> so I think I might pick that on next. Although reading during the semester is a little bit challenging. But I did want to say this about the book. When I told people that I was reading the Fanon Jeffers book, everyone said it was so long. It could have been, you know, X hundred number of pages shorter. But after reading it, I realized, I think that the book needed to be that long because yeah. the thing that the book is trying to tell you is how long this history is, but also mm. how intimately connected we are through the generations and how things like trauma is passed down generation to generation, right? And so she's showing both the longevity, but also the, I don't know, closeness, I guess, of by telling this one story, one family's story over the generation. So in some ways, I can see why it had to be <laughs> so long and it did the job. And I also add, I felt like the book was also very much about how to do history or how to study history. And that's also like another interesting aspect of reading the novels. So I recommend it, those of you who are brave, can pick up the book. 
I did finish that other book, uh, Paper Names. The Remember the book that my son got for me for Mother's Day? It was all right. I, I, I finished it. It was all right. But the third book that was on my list was Marilyn Chin's new poetry collection. And I actually, I'm still reading through that. So not quite finished, but I think I did all right this summer. I think you you win the game <laughs> ball. And there's going to be one yeah. for you because I got one for you. Um, and I did, I put, I had to go and put it in the chat to remember the actual name of the third book that I failed at reading. It's called The Disordered Cosmos. A Journey in Dark Matter, Space Time, and Dreams Deferred by Chandra Prescott-Weinstein. So I just Ooh. wanted to shout her out. It's not that I hated your book. It's just I got I started doing <laughs> a lot of other reading that was more job-related and, and within my area of composition. And then, um, unfortunately, that Tom Lynn book had me going. It's, it's, it's a great read. You can read it without listening to it, especially if you've never read a Chinese-American Western. It is definitely something different. It is unique in its delivery, its pace and tone. It's definitely not the love songs of WHB, or the love song of Alfred Prufrock. But it is, it is definitely a, a book that takes you on this journey. And there are some surprises, and and I don't want to ruin it, but there's a kind of carnivalesqueness about it that you might find engaging and entertaining. But it is a Western, so expect gunfights and some gratuitous violence, but not too over-the-top violence, but it's good. It's a really good book. I have never read a Chinese Western, so that's, <laughs> uh, that's something that I might be interested in picking up later. Thanks for Rick. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's it's within a specific historical time period. Of course, Westerns are timely. Um, and so, you know, dealing with the railroad and if you know the history of the railroad and how it was especially across America, some of that history is there and it's it, it's meaningful and, and but not overly sentimentalized or even overly politicized, I would say. It's it's just a matter of history and a matter of fact. Just like the settling of the West, you know, it was violent. But you don't necessarily think about Chinese Americans being Westerners. And that's that's the thing that's kind of necessary. I mean it seems like it shouldn't be surprising, but it is in a way. Outlaws, yes, you can see them as that. <laughs> I was going to ask if you think you're going to get back to the disordered cosmos at some point and actually read it or go back to that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I will. When, I don't know. <laughs> 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 but, but I want to because I also have uh, Stefan Alexander's book about the universe and he calls it something like the jazz in the universe. So I, I'm trying to read some of those things in, in terms of what I'm putting together in terms of fiction. So that's that's my reason for reading them. Mm -hmm. Am I in a big hurry? I can't say I am. Got all these student papers to read. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that in the three of our kind of books, there is a sort of a, a running theme of history, whether it is actual like history, like you're talking about, like the history of the West, or um, Laura, what you're talking about, how history can reverberate through generations and family history. 
And for the memoir that I read, which is called Aftershocks, literally kind of making this comparison between the aftershocks of an earthquake, which for the writer in for Ousu, the aftershocks are coming from this pretty, for her, a, a deep revelation, a secret from her family that she wasn't aware of. And so that what's kind of left in the rubble, I suppose, of this earthquake level revelation for her and her family. And I thought, I think that's interesting that, that all three of our summer reading brought us through, I, I would say, histories. And the memoir also kind of weaves in a little bit of history and I won't give away too much because a lot is centered around this like sort of family thing that's happened but that kind of revelation is tied into the history of the country that the author is growing up in so I think it's really interesting that that we inadvertently got drawn into these sort of historical threads and the his that history led us to very different places over the summer which I think is pretty cool and yeah, it's funny because like the energy I'm getting from our summer reading, and it's not that these books were not wonderful books. Um, the energy I'm getting though is that we're kind of like, yeah, I mean, it was it was good. <laughs> but like, I feel like we've had books before where we're like, oh my gosh, this book made me really excited to read something else, I guess. And I, I thought that's curious. Is, do you guys find that any of the books that you read like really ignited um, something like Laura, it's, it sounds like your desire now to take on the covenant of water is coming from this sort of feeling of accomplishment of having read the book, <laughs> yeah. but not maybe answering the book itself. The thing is, for my book, Anaya Wusu is a gorgeous writer. I mean, her writing is lovely. It's not that the writing is not wonderful, the caliber of writing is quite high. Honorary Fennel and Jeffers is also well known for her skill at writing. Charles Yu, we've read his stuff, a huge fan of his style. But I don't know. I feel like maybe the energy feels subdued. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I haven't had my afternoon coffee. I feel subdued only in that, like, because I read this 800-page book, I'm, like, done. <laughs> Meaning, like, I'm off the hook, like, for the rest of the year or something. Like, hey, I already did all of I front-loaded my reading in the summer. But um, I was saying I actually do want to take on The Covenant of Water because... I know now I can read a long book. And I think like the last time I read a book like that was the historian, I forget her last name, there's a vampire novel. And since then, I really enjoy short little books, like just start it, finish it, right? And it gives me a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> but I'm thinking maybe I do enjoy the, the longer works. Mm -hmm. It's a very different reading experience. And to be honest, I read most of it or ha more than half of this book at the beach. And it was one of the worst, the worst beach vacations ever. And the only saving great, so many things went wrong. Like everybody gets got sick, nobody slept. Things were horrible. Only saving grace was that I had time to finish this book. <laughs> so it's especially special for me, this book, because it saved me from a complete disaster of a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say that if there is a level of being subdued, it is because I was reading really three different types of books. I didn't have a, a good way of situating them. So I went with Tom Lenz because it was such a unique type of book that I hadn't experienced. And because I've read Charles Hughes's work before, and I know he dabbles in speculative fiction, I kind of had a sense of that. And so I, I knew what I was reading. And even though he has elements of, of family history and family trauma as well, 
it was situated within the speculative universe, right? Whereas Tom Lin's book was, like I said, there are bits of the of the magical realism here and there, but it's it's set in a place from you know the upper Salt Lake City area going down through California and moving uh, sort of more or less Midwest into Reno and and and, and whatnot. It was just a different experience hearing the vo- voice as I was listening to the book being read, as well as you know reading along with the book and just really appreciating the journey of Ming Su. And he does have a thousand crimes. <laughs> that, 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 that's true. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Um, so you know, it, 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 so you know, it 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 was just. And then when I looked at Prescott. Weinstein's book, it just didn't really fit the journey anymore. It was very different. And the, uh, the jazz of physics, that's what Stefan Alexander's book's called. That too, is just it, it just felt outside of what I was doing. And, and maybe had I started with the disordered cosmos, I might have had a different way of looking at things, but I didn't. Can you distinguish for our listeners how you would define speculative fiction, the the unique characteristics of that versus magical realism? Because I feel like some of our listeners might be more familiar with the concept of magical realism, Um, but I feel like speculative fiction and speculative nonfiction even are, they're not new, but I I feel like more people are paying attention to it um, these days. At least that's what I gather from like the algorithm on my (laughs) advertisement. I guess the way Neil Gaiman described it in the introduction to, I think, the 30th anniversary or 40th or 50th anniversary of Fahrenheit or 457 or something like that, Raymond Bradbury's (laughs) book, uh, (laughs) uh, was that, you know, speculative fiction is really asking what would happen if or what should happen when this occurs. And so it in its whole entirety, it's a speculation. So what Charles Yu is doing is making these characters survive in a science fictional universe. So he's speculating on how they would go about existing, you know, a father, son, a mother, and an imaginary or real dog. Whereas with Tom Lin, there are parts in the book where he's a part of a carnival, one of the people are the shapeshifters, you know, and so it's not really speculative in a sense, as it is there's some magic that's happening. There's a boy who cannot speak and cannot necessarily hear, but he can talk telepathically um, in everyone's head. So there's that sort of element, and there's this woman who cannot be burned. So she sets herself on fire. And so, but all of these things are symbolic of something else. Whereas I think with speculative fiction, it is positing a kind of reality that one might believe could be without really mm-hmm. evidence of it. Um, so I don't know if I made it worse or better for our yeah. viewers on this. No, I, I totally agree. And I'd, I'd add like for for me, it, the difference between the two really is, you know, in like what you're talking about, the examples you gave in the Tom Lim book, you know, you're set in the real world very much, but there are elements of, I guess, magic, I, I suppose, and there are things that are not normal in, in that real world versus all the speculative fiction I've read. You're not necessarily in the reality or the real world as, as we might know it, or, you know, you might be set in like a parallel dimension or t- parallel universe of, of some sort. And 
I like, kind of like how you phrase it. You're asking like, what would happen or what could happen if this? And so I think that's a really great way to describe it. And I figure our, our readers might be interested in, in dabbling in a little bit of both. Maybe we should do a whole session on that, a whole episode. I feel like it would be, it would be fun to look at speculative works, fiction and nonfiction. Yeah. I'm really interested in speculative mm-hmm. nonfiction as kind of mm-hmm. almost a, a new like sort of subgenre of nonfiction that folks are experimenting in um, because nonfiction you would it, it's almost like it, how does that work in in nonfiction but it really talks about the reliability of memory and asks the same yeah. questions about one's own story and episodes in one's own life I suppose so it's kind of it's creative nonfiction mm. but it's maybe that's a that's a book type for and I'm trying to remember the name um, I was just talking about this with somebody oh I can't remember the name of the um, author that we were talking about, but yeah, maybe that's a, a, a read for next time. Sounds good. Yeah, and the, the book was called Fire, uh, Bradbury's book is Fahrenheit uh, for uh, 451. Uh, um, I was thinking about Heinz 57 <laughs> sauce. <laughs> Are you hungry, Kofi? Eat at lunch. Can I also share with you that <laughs> my son, who's starting high school now is his summer reading was he had this ambitious goal i probably had something to do with it of, of reading the great gatsby uh, mm. in english and then reading it in spanish to practice his spanish funny thing was okay. he, he couldn't even read the one in english <laughs> there were i just I didn't realize the language in that book is just, it's its a little different, right? Than I, what he might read that are written now, I don't know. He's like, I don't even know what these words mean in English. And then after he read it, he finished the book. He really was like, no, <laughs> this is not it. <laughs> so he didn't read it in it. Spanish, obviously. So anyway, that was his summer reading. He thought The Great Gatsby was me. <laughs> Oh, wait, if he goes to take, if he takes any English lit classes, he's going to see that book yeah. again. <laughs> I know. I know. But he did love right. Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. All right, folks. All right, well, we are yeah. coming close to an end. Just want to remind all of our listeners and viewers that the 2023 Bowder Lecture featuring uh, Nadia Owosu We'll be here uh, at 12.30 and at 6 p.m. September 21st. The book is called Aftershocks. You can also catch us at bookishacasualbookclub.podbean.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts because we are becoming ubiquitous. We are everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Spotify, Apple Music, we're going to be everywhere so you can catch us and <laughs> catch up with you can also you know tap into us on our facebook page if you want to follow our readings or you have comments about the show please do so see you Thanks next everyone. time bye. bye happy reading connect with us we are dragon digital media podcast